Welcome to the OCS show of Entrepreneurship and Regional Development Podcasts. Each publication in our journal is a great opportunity to share significant and audacious contributions to a large audience. My guest today, E.K.V. Kopakumar, is from the India Institute of Management, Ahmedabad, in India. He published an article entitled Retaining the Nonprofit Mission The Case of Social Enterprise Emergence in India from a Traditional Nonprofit. It has been published online on Entrepreneurship and Regional Development, a journal edited by Tolerant Francis. KV, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Professor Vincent. Can you tell us what is the origin of your paper? Why have you decided to address this particular topic? And what is the question you aim to answer with this paper? Sure, sure. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to discuss my, my paper uh, here. Uh, uh, I have always uh, been interested in social enterprises as an organizational form. Uh, it is that interest which, which, uh, which has uh, driven my, my, my doctoral thesis the dissertation also some time back. Uh, within social enterprises, my interest has been uh, geared towards primarily understanding the emergence. So I, I, have, all, all, I have always been intrigued by understanding how, how have these organizations or how has this organizational form emerged over time. And uh, in order to understand that, uh, what I realized was the, the present literature, and it's also been uh, discussed in, in some recent studies also, uh, that uh, social enterprise literature has been predominantly focus on, focusing on the exposed aspects of social enterprises. So what happens after they are formed? And there is a, a limited uh, uh, exploration of the ex-ante aspects of it. So what happens before them? How are they formed in the first place? And when I go back to practice, uh, uh, social enterprise, the, one of the reasons for their emergence has been uh, uh, the, the, the transition from traditional nonprofit organizations. And uh, uh, very few studies are actually tracking this evolution. And that is where I, I try to uh, uh, bridge a, a gap which is there in practice as well as literature. Uh, very few studies have, have actually explored uh, that gap. And that is where I try to, try to uh, bring, in, uh, bring in my study. What are the, the main contributions of your paper? Sure. From a contribution perspective, uh, I, I broadly have around four types of contributions. Uh, the first one, as I mentioned, uh, it's one of the few studies which is actually tracking an ex-ante understanding of social enterprises and their formation. Uh, secondly, predominantly within social, the few studies which have actually tried to understand the transition of traditional nonprofits into social enterprises, uh, most of them have actually uh, discussed a, a transformation in the objective of this of the nonprofit towards a, a, a hybrid objective or a, or a mixed objective where both the social and the commercial aspects uh, become part of the organizational mission what i wanted to understand was uh, uh, how does uh, how can a social enterprise retain or how can a traditional nonprofit retain its mission as it as it uh, becomes a newer organizational form And here, I, I actually uh, I was able to draw out or tease out three kinds of mechanisms. Uh, uh, the one is reconceptualization of means uh, uh, towards a common goal or, or a common end. Uh, then uh, focusing on organizational guiding principles and processes. And the last being uh, focusing on or emphasizing a broader organizational vision. Uh, these three uh, uh, help uh, a, a nonprofit retain its social mission 
despite the transition to a social enterprise. Also, from an institutional logics perspective, since that is where I, I actually situate my, my, my work, it helps in uh, uh, understanding how uh, entrepreneurs or organizations are able to manage the dimensions of logic centrality and, uh, and uh, uh, compatibility, which help us uh, 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 do a kind of balancing act between the two. That's the second contribution. Uh, thirdly, uh, studies which have actually looked at uh, such transition, or the few studies which have looked at such transition, they, they discuss uh, uh, either integration-based mechanisms or compartmentalization-based mechanisms separately. Uh, my study is able to draw out how these mechanisms could be used in tandem together and sometimes even at different levels in, in, in the organization. Uh, and lastly, I, I uh, also uh, uh, contribute towards uh, the bricolage literature, uh, primarily trying to link institutional logics and bricolage, especially entrepreneur and entrepreneurship or, or entrepreneur bricolage, and draw implications towards that literature also. These are the four primary contributions that I, I, I was able to, to bring out, to tease out. What was for you the main stereotypical or methodological challenge in addressing such a question? Sure. So uh, from a theoretical perspective, uh, uh, the study is situated within the institutional logics literature. Uh, within institutional logics also, I am looking primarily at how logics uh, or conflicting logics work within an organizational setting. Uh, there, I primarily uh, borrow from this, uh, this idea of uh, that there are two kinds of dimensions, logic uh, centrality and logic compatibility and uh, how they are uh, how these two can be managed to, to draw different types of organizational responses uh, from a theoretical perspective institutional logics has been fairly commonly used within social enterprise literature so that for for, for my study was pretty consistent with what past studies have done uh, what was challenging for me and here I, I would also like to thank the the the, the editors and the reviewers of, of my paper because they were able to actually uh, uh, draw my attention towards bricolage literature and also draw findings, contributions from that literature and how I could uh, use them in, in, in my, my study, which is something which uh, I was not, uh, at the beginning of my formulation was not thinking through. So that is some, that's a challenge which I was uh, uh, helped in addressing uh, by my reviewers and, uh, and my editor. Uh, from, from, a, from a methodological perspective, uh, this is a, a qualitative single case study. It's focusing on an organization which uh, uh, named Boons, which has uh, been working in, in the Indian context for nearly 20 odd years. Uh, challenges, uh, if, I, if, I, if I begin with, uh, the first challenge sometimes is, also, is to find a context where you can actually explore your research question. So what you are framing from a theoretical perspective, do you actually see it in, in, in a context? Uh, that uh, to 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 get access to an organization which has which had tra which had transformed from a traditional non-profit to a social enterprise which was able to sustain as a social enterprise and yet was able to retain the original non-profit mission that for me was was uh, a challenge uh, secondly uh, uh, the organization uh, started in 1998 uh, my study began somewhere around 2013 2012 and I've collected data over a four, five year period. Uh, sometimes when you are trying to recreate or trying to understand uh, 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 
an organization over a certain period of time, you sometimes it gets difficult to reconstruct the timeline. And one uh, tries to use uh, secondary data sources, primary data sources to try and see how can I actually uh, go back to the timeline and, and, and capture the events as they happened, or at least uh, as, as much as possible in, uh, I mean, one, one can be sure that these happened in a particular order. So that, uh, uh, like most qualitative studies, which are, which, are, which are longitudinal in nature, that is another challenge which I, I had to face. And thankfully, I was able to address them because I was able to get uh, access to uh, the appropriate kind of secondary material as well as uh, primary material, primarily in terms of respondents who had worked with the organization for a considerable point of time to, for me to, to compare my notes across the different data sources. So that was another challenge which I was able to address. Thanks. Uh, during your uh, research journey, what was your biggest surprise or maybe the most counterintuitive result? Sure. A uh, couple of things, actually. Uh, the first one, which, which I've, I found uh, very interesting, uh, so more than counterintuitive work I found uh, very interesting was uh, when one looks at organizations which try to incorporate, especially social organizations which try to incorporate commercial elements, uh, one always uh, thinks of uh, friction, some kind of friction, some kind of conflict emerging. But in this case, I was able to note how uh, the organization was able to uh, bring in the commercial elements in a more seamless manner. And what I mean by that is uh, uh, one of the mechanisms which I was able to draw out was this idea of reconceptualization of means towards a common social end. So the organization which, which was primarily using waste as a resource towards social uh, addressing social needs was able to reconceptualize this means which is uh, waste as a resource in different ways based on the different kinds of programs it had initiated so for example uh, at the beginning the organization was primarily a disaster relief agency at that point in time uh, it reconceptualized or it conceptualized waste primarily as a, as a relief material uh, gradually it moved into uh, the educational setup. It, it realized how uh, the educational discards from urban schools could be used uh, in, in rural schools as a, as a motivating resource and uh, could help improve the number of students who come into these schools. Uh, then it started conceptualizing the same waste as uh, an educational resource or an educational support resource. Uh, gradually, it also moved into, it also realized that uh, the same uh, the uh, waste clothes etc could uh, also be sometimes uh, uh, if processed uh, could be transformed into uh, low cost sanitary napkins now that uh, then you, then they start conceptualizing waste as a product now the same idea of waste has been reconceptualized as a relief material as a resource for education as a as a low cost product this reconceptualization was varying for the different uh, programs, but the common endpoint was that one is trying to address uh, uh, social needs which remain unaddressed in the society. So the organization was able to tease out these, uh, reconceptualize these in different manner. That was one kind of a, a, a finding. Uh, second, which I found a bit counterintuitive was when we talk about uh, the vision of an organization or vision which is which is promoted by, by leaders and organizational members. Now, uh, Usually, uh, one talk, one thinks of vision being something which is more concrete, which is which 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 gives an organization a direction. But in this case, what I was able to note was the vision was more abstract. It was broader 
since the beginning and which were, which helped the organization to actually bring in even disparate activities under its wings and even they were able to be uh, brought in uh, in a seamless manner so that was the second uh, if i could uh, refer to it as a more counterintuitive finding what are the main implications of your work for entrepreneurs managers practitioners policy makers in general okay so from from uh, uh, primarily looking at uh, entrepreneurs or or leaders or uh, within such organizations uh, one uh, practical implication that i i can i i i could i can think of immediately is how uh, it is important for the founders and leaders of such non profit organization which uh, would like to incorporate commercial elements into or commercial activities into their functioning to uh, to have a broader mission or to formulate a, a, a mission or a vision which is much broader which helps them actually bring in uh, different kinds of activities under the same umbrella uh, the next uh, which also uh, is derived from this idea of uh, compatibility and centrality of institutional logics it might also be useful for social entrepreneurs leaders of uh, non profits to actually use uh, uh, these two dimensions and understand that uh, when they are bringing in multiple logics or disparate logics uh do they want the logics uh, the, the newer logics to be central to the organization functioning or do they want it to be peripheral now if if one logic remains central and the other logic is more peripheral to the organization functioning then uh, the the mechanism i choose is likely to be different from uh, when i want the different logics of uh, multiple logics to be equally central to the organization functioning so that is another kind of uh, variation uh lastly uh, i i feel the study could also have implications for funding agencies uh, which could uh, uh, especially for social enterprises uh, social enterprises which could uh, if possible scan uh, the presence of whether the entrepreneur or leaders are actually engaging in such mechanisms where wherein they were they are able to seamlessly bringing different kinds of uh, objectives or different so for example are they Uh, despite being a social entity are they actually seamlessly bringing in uh, commercial objectives without uh, creating much uh, of a dissonance or conflict within the organizations that could be a possible signaling mechanisms for for uh, some of these uh, uh, funding agencies also so those are the th- a few kinds of implications from a practitioner uh, perspective which i could uh, formulate based on my study Thanks a lot KV for participating to our show and present your paper entitled Retaining the Non-Profit Mission: The Case of Social Enterprise Emergence in India from a Traditional Non-Profit. All our podcasts are available on entrepreneurship-ed.com and on the main podcast platforms. Thank you. Thanks a lot Vincent and it was it was nice uh, and thanks a lot for providing me this opportunity to to discuss my work. I mean, a few more opportunities one gets one once the paper is published. So it's it's good that you've you've done such an initiative. You're welcome. Thank you.